Hey everybody! Welcome to Getting to Know Your Friends. I'm your host Zach Roland, as usual, and today with me, my friend Evan Bashi. Hi. Yeah. Thanks for being on the show, Evan. Hey, my pleasure. Little applause for you. Thanks for having yeah, me. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, Evan and I uh, have been uh, getting to know each other and becoming friends more and more as I've been living in New York. And uh, we're gonna go back to the way back, though, and we're gonna get started <laughs> when you were born, and then move forward in time. This is the VH1 behind the music. This of- is. Of Evan Bashi. This is it, man. This is where all the true shit comes out. Great. So, uh, so Evan, uh, where were you born? Uh, I was born in White Plains, New York. Mm-hmm. Um, do you want me to look there, or you can, you? Yeah, you can look anywhere okay. you want. Like they'll they'll see it. You guys will see it. You, you know, it's whatever. It. But uh, okay. but yeah, we're doing it for like the audio and the video, and um, okay. yeah, just a little bit. of Play to the camera. You guys, people <laughs> like it when you play to the camera. Okay, great. Um, yeah. Okay, so uh, super. So I was born yeah. in uh, White Plains, New York, which is about a half an hour north of the city, um, and it is uh, about as diverse as you get in Westchester County, which is is known for just being uh, full of very wealthy people mm-hmm. with absolutely no perspective sure. whatsoever. Um, and uh, so I was born. There. I never moved. Lived in the same house. Mm-hmm. Um, I went to elementary school about two blocks away from where I grew up. Yeah. And that was, like, my playground. Yeah. Uh, like a real solid childhood. You just had, like, stability right built in right there in the was, neighborhood. Was a, yeah. I mean, there weren't a lot of other kids there, mm-hmm. but uh, my parents were, were not really super friendly to our neighbors, so uh, I don't think I would have met them anyway. Yeah. Um, but... What was it about them that just, like, they didn't like them, or they or just, like, didn't have the time... Uh, yeah, I don't know. It was, it was it was just kind of an odd mix. Like we knew a couple of people in the neighborhood, and then there were just there were a couple of people who were. I was just told from the from as soon as I could uh, comprehend it that they were horrible, horrible people. Ooh. You know, but because they had done something relatively sure. minor. Um, but it wasn't it wasn't like a block parties type of neighborhood. Right, right, right. Um, but I had a, I had a little bike gang, mm-hmm. as I think. Uh, a lot of kids do. Totally, I had a bike gang. Yeah, yeah. What kind of bike did you have? Do you remember? I had. I started with a Huffy. Yeah, of course. Yeah, it was, it was like a yeah. neon green Huffy. Um, and then I remember I got my 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 adult bike, which mm-hmm. I actually still have. It was a specialized Hard Rock. Sweet. Which like is is just it works just enough that I can't throw it out. Yeah. But one day I'll get a shiny new bike. Yeah. No, there's always hope for the future, right? Yeah, and, sure. And then moving on to, like, a Schwinn. One day when I can actually ride it. I hate riding a bike in New York City. I yeah. hate doing it. It seems terrifying, honestly. It's like, really fucking scary. I don't know if I could do it. I, I used to... Well, so, I guess this is jumping ahead a little bit. Sure. When I first moved to New York City, I lived on the Upper East Side mm-hmm. in a studio apartment right near my office, and it was, like, uh, sucked. <laughs> but, and so there was a, there was a bike trail... Uh, on, there's a bike trail on the East River mm-hmm. that's supposed to be, you know, several miles long. And the problem with it is it goes from about 96th Street to, I don't know, I want I want to say like 55th Street, 56th uh-huh. Street. And then the signs tell you to ride down 2nd Avenue. Whoa. Like past the Midtown Tunnel. Wow. And there's no bike lane on 2nd Avenue. Um, and then it just it picks up again at around 34th Street, and you're like, it's wonderful again. Yeah, but it's such so, a strange gap to have, yeah, like right there in Midtown. Like of all the places, exactly, to just to throw you to the elements, right? Just be like <laughs> the main truck freight thoroughfare, in exactly. Um, oh, that's nuts. So yeah, bike riding in New York, not for me. So. Yeah, no, it's rough. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah, but uh, all right. So then, uh, let's jump back. Yeah, let's go to like so. You, uh, middle school, kind of same thing. You were right there. Yeah, well, I took a, and I started ta- started taking the bus to middle school. I was finally a bus kid. Mm-hmm. I thought that was like that made me super cool. Nice. Um, and middle school was both horrifying, also as I think it is for most people. Oh yeah, um, you guys know middle school's bad. <laughs> you know, but it but it was also kind of the first time I had some friends that my teachers or parents didn't, like, arrange for me. Okay, like, yeah. I, like, I was not, I was, you know, I was, uh, my, my, my nickname in elementary school was Booger. 
Oh. Yeah, that was me. Mm-hmm. I feel like from Booger from, like, the, uh, the nurse. No, it wasn't, that, it wasn't that sophisticated. No? Really. Just everybody decided that I picked my nose. Oh. Um, I had that same situation happen where one day I was, like, just... You know, digging and getting shit out of there, and then kids are kids, and they're like, "Oh, you find any gold?" Yeah, and then and you're like, and then you spend three years with uh, with people just running away from you on the playground. Yeah, yeah, it's super cool. Fucking uh, lame ass people. But <laughs> <laughs> but so middle school was kind of a, a bit of a break in that mm-hmm. for me, and um, I kind of started to realize that it was it it, di- it didn't behoove me to just work on not being weird mm-hmm. uh, there were there were there started to be some places for me to be weird and, and be accepted yeah uh, and that was pretty good there mm-hmm. were you know like band really started to be a haven I was in I played uh, I played flute nice not a lot of guys uh, play flute not a lot of guys great. play flute I didn't choose I didn't really choose to play flutes my dad is a uh, my dad my dad was a Broadway pit musician cool and he, by the time I was ready to pick an instrument, uh, had kind of stopped working and was super bitter about it and did not want me to enjoy playing an instrument at all because he was really worried uh, that I would like choose to go into that as a, sure. as a career. Mm-hmm. Um, and I guess my mom at some point sat him down and went, Steve, this is ridiculous. He's got to <laughs> play an instrument. He's, he can't sing very well. And uh, so they told me... That I had a choice of violin, viola, or flute uh, because my dad didn't want any woodwind instruments in the house because okay. they squeak a lot when yeah. you're first going to play them. So my dreams of being a, a jazz saxophonist were immediately crushed. Crushed, um, and it you know so obviously like no drums, no trumpet, none yeah. of that. So they so I went in and I tried out and they told me that my neck was too stiff to play violin or viola, and I think what that mm. actually meant was I was a little too fat. Oh, and like I, I wasn't, I wasn't very graceful with it, and it looked pretty uncomfortable. So they put me on a flute, and uh, that yeah. worked until my classmates figured out what it meant to call someone gay. Oh, um, cruelty. Well, so and here, compound this, right? Uh-huh. It, it really is. It, I really am. I think. A great argument in favor of the fact that sexuality is not a choice. Sure, uh, that it is not um, something that can be conditioned into somebody. Uh-huh. Because by the time I reached high school, I was playing the flute. Um, I was on the swim team in like mm-hmm. tiny speedos, and I was figure skating. I started figure skating in second grade. Yeah, because my mom didn't want me to play hockey. I had a worried Jewish mother. Wow, and. Um, so they were like conditioning oh, you into yeah. this lifestyle and, and like, being like and, and they were really into musical theater and jazz <laughs> and and I had no knowledge of how to talk to any sort of girls. Yeah. Um, but then they were you, you were surrounded by girls though. Like yeah, through and a lot I of this stuff. Thought they were just, super cute. Yeah. You just had like no idea what yeah, to I do. Yeah, was just I was just befuddled by uh, them. Um, and. <laughs> you know, it's funny. It actually got to the point where what I do, I do think it helped to make me a really good listener, mm-hmm. um, and I do think it, uh, you know, like I definitely enjoyed doing all those things. Yeah, I yeah. Have, like chosen to do other things. I think the cool thing about playing flute that they don't tell you is you get to play the lead in basically every song in right. the band because when they do the orchestrations, um, they understand that. Uh, you know, a ninth grade tuba player isn't going to be able to sustain the kind of line that, like, maybe a ninth grade clarinet player mm-hmm. can sustain. Totally. And so they give, you know, like I had all the these awesome parts to play all throughout high school. I was in the marching band mm-hmm. and, like, did a whole bunch of fun stuff. Kind of always wished I played drums. Me too. Yeah. yeah, I always had a love for percussion and I never got into it. I or still hope I pick up a saxophone one day. Yeah? Yeah, that would be fun. Definitely. Yeah, it's like all that stuff that you wish you could have done as a kid and maybe you didn't have the opportunity to or your parents didn't let you do. But sure. then like, you want to do it as an adult. But I feel like now, like if I tried to learn something new in that regard, it would take me twice as long. It would take And I would just be like, ah, I just don't have time for this. I gotta go. You know what it is? You have to have like a, a forum... Where where you can express that thing? Yeah. I think like all the times where I've uh, I started playing guitar in high school against my father's wishes, uh-huh. and uh, I think 
part all the times in my life where I've been the best at playing guitar or I've had the most facility with it uh, is uh, when I'm working towards doing a show mm-hmm. or when I'm uh, like involved with a group that's playing. I've never been in a band, but I've been in various you know just kind of groups of friends that like to get together and jam. Sure. Um, yeah, and so those 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 are the times when it's when it really works to sure. learn those things. Yeah, you feel like you're almost your most expressive when you're just having fun with it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, totally. I know that's that's my one of my feelings too. It's just like the more I can have fun with this, the better uh, whatever I'm doing is going to be because yeah. I'm not forced to have to like think about it. You know, I like it's having a little out. bit of structure with that sort of thing. I like having mm-hmm. something definite to work towards. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So. Yeah, personal goals. Mm-hmm. Totally. So, uh, so in high school, did you do anything that was like that carried through all, all the way out? Like, um, like I was in drama, like all four yep. years of high school. Yeah, what did you do? Uh, <laughs> I was that kid who was went to a club meeting every single day of the week. Nice. And so, uh, I think the most ridiculous one is I was in Dare. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Yeah. I went. I went. I went and talked to fifth graders. <laughs> About the evils of drugs. Boo drugs. Boo drugs. Uh, and I would like ride around in the cop car and like go get donuts with the, the Derek officer. Feed the stereotypes. Get free pizza. Um, yeah, they do get so much free stuff. It's ridiculous. Yeah, but senior year, I uh, decided that I no longer wanted to be involved with the group mm-hmm. because the girl who I ran against for the like the presidency or vice presidency i forget what it was Mm -hmm. uh of the group uh won over me by like two votes and i knew she went and got drunk on the weekends oh and i didn't want to rat her out but i also didn't want to stay in that group and just like it was just it made me mad yeah um and i had other shit to do i was a senior sure uh i was on the swim team all four years Uh i was on the varsity swim team we didn't have a junior varsity swim team um and I was like an endurance swimmer, mm-hmm. and it was the first time I'd ever really done organized sports other than like uh, you know little league soccer. Sure. And um, and I, I like like lost a, like a lot of weight freshman year of high school, mm-hmm. and, and um, started to make more friends. And I did I did theater too. Yeah. But I wasn't really involved with it so much until junior year. Mm-hmm. I was kind of doing other stuff. Yeah. Yeah, you're just a busy guy. Yeah, I was just I was always really busy, and I was always um, taking uh, like honors classes and stuff like that. I, mm-hmm. Except I was terrible at math. I was honors doing honors like history and science and English, and, and just hated math. And I still hate math. Me too. Um, yeah, that's never been my forte. And the thing is, like, I can do it, but I don't want to do it. Like, mm-hmm. I just don't even like I, you said math in front of me I'll figure it out studying it makes but, me sad I know but I really like watching Cosmos oh yeah you that, know, that like show a, but it's they, like, like, Nova it's like they show you all this wonderful cool stuff that you're like that's great that makes sense to me because I love thinking about out, outside of the, the world and the, and the concepts but like yeah, I was talking to somebody about physics the other day, and I was just like, I don't really get physics, but whatever. It's just I like, like it when <laughs> when people who do get physics talk to me about exactly. Physics. Yeah, because then it's magical, right? Um, and they're so much more passionate stuff. about it than I would be. Yeah, just like that sounds great. I yeah, love it. Talk definitely. to me. Yeah, strings, awesome. Keep yes, going. I know, right? <laughs> uh, it's like that in philosophy. Like even philosophy, I still struggle with, but I love hearing people talk about it when they're on point with it. You know? Yeah, definitely. so yeah. Uh, sweet. So high school, you know, doing a lot of things. Did a lot of different yeah. stuff. And then uh, did you go to college? Yes. Great. I went to, I went to UMass Amherst, mm-hmm. uh, which is in the the wild mountains of the Pioneer Valley of Western Massachusetts. Oh, yeah. Uh, where where the Pixies got started. And, uh-huh. Um, uh, Pixies the band, not Pixies the band. Not Pixies yeah, like not, Pixies not like the tiny elves. <laughs> yeah, the little, not little Pixies. Yeah, uh, they might be. I don't know. I they, never yeah, saw one. They hang out. Yeah, <laughs> Northampton's a real weird town. Sure. Um, uh, so I went there. Um, I only applied to state schools, and that was the one that I liked the best. Yeah. <coughs> Excuse me. And I, I, I moved into an all freshman dorm, and immediately made like thirty new best friends because we were all. Grasping for whatever kind of social anchor we could find, right? And it, you know, and I thought I was going to hate living with all freshmen, but it was great. It was it was just one of those things where we all, you know, kind of went down. Nobody would go down to the dining hall unless there were ten other people just 
glommed on to you, yeah. ready to sit down and eat brunch. Yeah. Um, and it was a great group of people uh, to get to know because UMass had something like 18,000 students. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it was, re- it was like a, a very large campus, a lot of, um, you know, kind of, you got to find a niche. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Like, that's how my sort of college experience was. I showed up at uh, a state school, University of Kansas, and um, immediately started making friends on my floor. And then, like, yeah, we all went and hung out to, in, the, like, the dining facility together. Yeah. Our thing was we would get, well, some of us at least, would get super baked before we'd go to eat. And then just, and I put on so much weight. Like, so I lost weight, like, my senior year, but then I put it back on my <laughs> freshman year. I ate so much because it was, like, Unlimited food, exactly. It's yeah, so I had ridiculous. A good dining hall. I don't know about you, but I had oh food. yeah, this is not bad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh my god, but I, I say it, I miss it because now I'm like broke and, and like eating mac and cheese. <laughs> but that was still pretty broke then. At least yeah. I had a meal plan. Or yeah, whatever, I could so. put stuff on my mac and cheese. Exactly. I, I spent a, a, a brief period working at the dining hall at my college. I think a junior year, and it was just the dirtiest Oof. job. Like. I I did it because I didn't want to get up at five in the morning to go lifeguard, mm-hmm. which I ended up doing later on. But I would go, so I would go work in the dish room and yeah. uh, walk out with like my hands peeling and whatever, and, uh, just gross. But I would, I would always walk out with this enormous like industrial sized bag of cereal, like just like kicks or something sure and just take it back up to my room and just sit there and get high and eat cereal with my buddies yep. as as you do yeah um, college was so simple I was like I mean <laughs> I hate to say it like that because like it was challenging and I'm glad I went and did it but then there were moments of it where I'm just like this is just so simple like we're just yeah, chilling just great. eating food getting high playing video games whatever and I, I started out as a, a pre-med major and I realized that three semesters I realized three semesters in that that was not for me oh wow um, I decided to spare myself the existential agony that is organic chemistry and yeah. changed my major to comparative literature which nice. was like a complete departure and really changed how I was living my life, and also the the previous semester, I just start I'd gotten into the improv troupe, mm-hmm. um, which just is the reason I am who I am right now. That's awesome. Um, and so those those two things together just kind of made the last three years there yeah. just really really transformative. And if you um, like, if you if you talk to people who knew me in high school and who know me now, and and it's just I went away and I came back a different person. That's great. Was more confident and yep. uh, funny, funnier. Yeah, that's um, a, yeah. You're like, yeah. He was like, I can make jokes. Yes. Uh, yeah, it was good. I, um, for the first week that I got there, I saw the short form improv troupe, mm-hmm. and I knew I wanted to join that troupe because they all looked really cool. Yeah. And I wanted to hang out with them and make jokes. And I had done a little bit of improv in high school and watched a little Who's Line. And, yeah. Um. They and so I got there in the first week. They they did the show where they opened for Lewis Black. Oh, really? Who was doing a who was, he was doing a stand up set as part of the first week celebration for the for the freshmen? Yeah, at UMass that year. This was two thousand four, and it was in a huge stadium, which is not a conducive venue for improv. Not at all, especially for short form, mm-hmm. especially for an audience that did not show up there with the intent of seeing improv. Sure. I was like a bunch of drunk, fucking brand new pre-frat kids, basically. Mm-hmm. So, the troop's name is Mission Improbable. Ah, uh, that's a good one. They're still around. Yeah, uh, I, I like that a lot. I still have the shirt. They got they got started in I want to say ninety one, ninety two, mm-hmm. and and actually the people who started the group. Ended up moving to Chicago and starting a Mission Improbable company, and now they own a theater in LA. Excellent. Um, and I think one of them, uh, Lloyd Alquist, is um, he's one of the guys behind Epic Rap Battles of History. Oh, nice! I've seen that. So, like the yeah. troop, the troop had had like a lineage that I was that I was looking forward to, you know, hopefully being a part of. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. they bombed that show. The <laughs> audience hated it. They were they were not mic'd well, mm-hmm. and they tried to they tried to play this game. The first thing they tried to do, I remember, was a game called Pan Left, Pan Right. Yeah. 
where you have uh, four two-person scenes going on concurrently, and you have a person directing which scene the audience is seeing. Yeah. And so, you know, you take, you just, try, they just threw this this into the crowd, and the crowd hated it, and then Lewis Black came out, and was just like, oh, good job, guys. Oh, uh, boy. Oh. Um, I, I didn't get in the first time I auditioned, or mm-hmm. the second time I auditioned, and the third time I auditioned, I said, well, if I don't get in this time, that's it. Yeah. I'm not going to keep beating my head against a wall. Right, right, right. Um, and the previous semester, I had managed to get into the long-form troops. I'd managed to, I'd gotten, like, some practice. And, Sweet. Uh, and then I got in, and it was, like, like they called me at, like, 7 in the morning to tell me they got in. It was a very, it was a very like, ritualized deliberation process. Uh-huh. And, um, there were scavenger hunts involved and all this shit. Oh yeah, we had something similar to that. Like when we would, uh, we were. I was in high school where, like, if you were getting into the uh, what we call advanced repertory theater troupe, um, the troupe members then and the seniors would go to the new junior members who were coming in as seniors, and they would either do like some sort of like prank or scavenger hunt. <laughs> yeah. Like I got a big salami. I remember. Hey, great! It was just yeah. It was a big salami on. Oh, damn. Yeah, being a bad host didn't turn off my ringer on my phone. Uh, but, uh, go right, uh, it's like, oh my god, he's leaving. Professional, um, but yeah, like I just I had to wear this big salami around my neck for a day, for a whole fucking day, and I was like, thanks a lot. And I I don't even remember why. Like it had no rhyme or reason. Mm-hmm. The guy who gave it to me was just like, here, wear this big salami around your neck. <laughs> it's like, okay, I'm sure there was a reason for that. Yeah, <laughs> that guy. Uh, he, he probably had a crush on me. Probably. I can't imagine why he wouldn't. Give me a big salami. (laughs) So, well, that's great then. You got, so you finally got into improv, started working it. Um, And I started, and by that time, I was, so I was immediately uh, doing five rehearsals a week, and by the end of that year, two shows. Great. Right? So, like, so we had, it was the dream. We had free space, no one else had claim to that space. It was mm-hmm. right on campus. So we didn't have to charge admission. We could do as long a show as we wanted. Mm-hmm. Advertising was almost free. We just had to like put up flyers and make Facebook events. Yeah. And uh, so the short form troupe did show every Saturday, and the long form show was every Friday. And I mean, it was incredible. I just uh, like you talk about the whole ten thousand hours theory mm-hmm. and everything. And I just uh, you know. Regardless of how you feel about that particular concept, like I can say that there was about a uh, two-semester period in the middle of all that, where when I was doing all all those hours a week, we were doing fucking three-hour rehearsals. Yeah, because there were so many of us, and like we had to all get scenes in. Like, just like the level of being in sync with each other and being willing to try new things. Yeah. And, the long form troops spent a semester where we created a form every week mm-hmm. and then did it that Friday. Nice. And if we liked it, we kept it. And if we didn't like it, fuck it. Sure. But like, it, but it was just so uh, fun to be that kind of that you know that involved in that Absolutely. process. Yeah, process is great. I love talking about people's mm-hmm. process and the things that they get to work on and just like experimentation and stuff like that. You mm-hmm. know, like. If you're working towards becoming more evolved as a person, that's so cool to me. You know, Mm -hmm. like, if you're just trying to be, like, the best at everything, it's like, yeah, but you're trying too hard. You're not taking time to, like, appreciate the shit that's going on in the moment, you know? Yeah, no, we we were sitting there recognizing just that, you know, we have... There, that's some. You know, I remember one semester in particular with the long-form troupe where there were, for various reasons... I want to say seven of us who were there every single week, mm-hmm. and everyone else was either had a class or was like having a nervous breakdown, <laughs> or you know just wasn't there. Yeah. Um, but that, but you know, I just getting getting that into it with those people, and I still like doing some of the things we made up. Mm-hmm. I still and I still like teaching them to new teams. Nice. Um, we 
and we like we really went out of our way to seek out workshops in Boston and in New York and everything. Did you work with anybody? I mean, not to say notable, but like mm-hmm. people that left like lasting impressions on you. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. We we spent a lot of time working with Will Luera, mm-hmm. who just recently uh, left Boston. He he was there for a long time as director of Improv Boston. Then he was he was in Boston doing other things. Yeah, and now he's moving down to direct. Uh, improv at I think a, at a major repertory theater in Sarasota, wow. in Florida. That's great. And he's he's a phenomenal teacher. He's a really wonderful, supportive guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, I remember at DCM a year or two ago, I had a show at at, uh, at like four forty five in the morning, mm-hmm. and he was there. And he just he just stayed up to watch my show instead of taking a nap. And I wow. think the theme of my show is we all really have to pee. Yeah, like he's he, he, Matt. He powered through for that. That's he's got so kids. great. Like wow, great guy. Yeah. Um. So we work. We we got to work with him a bunch, and we less less with the long form group, but the the short form group with whom we shared many members. We went out to Chicago for spring break a couple times. Mm-hmm. Saved up some money, got a van. Filled it up with farts and cruised out across I ninety. <laughs> yeah, uh, and the fart van. Oh man, made some great <laughs> memories. It's a sixteen-hour drive or so from Amherst sure. to Chicago. Yeah, and we would get there and arrive, you know, at like one or two in the morning to find an apartment stuffed full of just drunk alumni who had been expecting us for the last three hours. Wow. Just like you walk in the door and hey for about twenty minutes, and then somebody shoves a cigar and a beer in your hand. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You just, you've never been to Chicago before. It's incredible. Yeah. But so we would go do that and, and take workshops at Annoyance and at Improv uh, Olympic. Nice. And so we got to take a we got to take a couple of workshops with Rich Zone at the Annoyance mm-hmm. and with. Um, we got to take one with Mick, which was really fun. Yeah, and it was while they were it was while they were uh, constructing the new space. So so, Mick Napier is downstairs, and he uh, I think we were supposed to have it wasn't scheduled with Mick. We were supposed to have a workshop with Al Samuels, okay. from Baby Wants Candy, mm-hmm. and and he had a conflict, and so um, uh, Mike Canale, who's the operating director at the time, calls us, and he's just like, "Well, we're, we're going to find somebody to fill the workshop, just go up to the space, hang out." So we're sitting there milling around, we're just sort of warming up, and, you know, we're all kind of in a back line, and Mick Napier barges into the room in a, uh, like, a sleeveless vest, and, ah! and a watch cap, Love it. um, just, like, covered in paint chips and dust, and walks in, sits down, sort of stares at us for a minute, and goes, um, uh, you almost think I look like some sort of fucking gay janitor. <laughs> All right, let's do some scenes. <laughs> oh, that's so and, great! And uh, and I remember we did uh, that. That workshop really sticks out in my mind because I remember we did about uh, we did about a fifteen minute montage, and I want to say there were maybe sixteen of us there. Mm-hmm. So we were doing really quick scenes. He was calling them. We all got to do maybe three or four. Yeah. And then he stopped it, and he sat us down, and he gave us each insightful, personalized notes. And the, and I think for all, for almost all of us, it was just like, wow, that's how did you pick that out after only seeing me do that tiny bit of improv? Incredible. Um, and then we did a, some more scenes, and, and he gave us some more notes. But it was just, I remember just like you know, as someone who likes to coach improv, yeah. I was just so impressed by that. Yeah, uh, that level of immediate perception. Yeah, you know, and just really cutting to the core of of what you know, kind of a note you need to give. Yeah, he's great. His book was the first improv book I ever read. And mm, okay. it was just like, man, just, he just knows, man. Even Dell gave it over to him, and he was just like, you're good. You're really good, you know? Yeah. So that's awesome. Yeah. That's really cool. I've never gotten to work with Mick. It was really fun. It was, and it was only just like one little freak encounter, but it's just always stuck with me. Yeah, definitely. Um, and like, that, even just, you know, you talk about process, just the the effort involved in raising that money and getting there yep. and organizing those workshops, making sure everybody comes back alive. Like it's that, that in and of itself was really important to us as a group. Yeah. It kind of, it kind of let us feel that we were a little bit more serious about it. Totally. I definitely agree. That raises the bar above just 
I mean, like I hate to yeah. say, just fucking around, but like yes. you're dedicated to it, you're to, yeah. the, to the craft. We were we were working, mm-hmm. you know, and like we and for a long time we had directors who were just really on board with that, who you know really um, uh, wanted to push the the work that we were doing instead of just you know dick around and play improv games. Sweet, that's so that great, fun. awesome. Lightning round time. Oh, shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm just going to throw out some random questions okay. at you. Great. And you just give me, like, the first thing that pops into your head or whatever. We'll probably just move past it real quick. So awesome. And it could go for this or that time. I don't really know. Just hey. whatever I feel like it. Yeah. It's lightning. It's unpredictable. Yeah. That's right. Let's see what happens. I love it. That's a, re- that's, well, that's a great way to think about it. Like, unpredictable. Um, all right. So uh, the uh, first time you remember ever... Um, being like infatuated with someone, second grade. Second grade, and who, uh, well, do you remember her name? Kelly O'Neill. Kelly O'Neill. Yeah. She and I think a bunch, the bunch of the guys in my second grade class, Miss Bellum's class, had sure. a had a crush on Kelly because she was just you know very. She was like a tall blonde girl. Nice, you know. Yeah. And I was a short fat Jewish kid. You're just like, oh yeah. And I was That's like, it. oh, she's pretty. I don't Great. know what I want to do about it. <laughs> she's pretty. Yeah. Um, let's see, if you could, what's the one thing that you couldn't leave an Ikea without? Uh, meatballs. Yeah, Swedish meatballs. Yeah, Furn- uh, I, furniture is, you know, whatever, but yeah. good, good food is hard to find. That's so true. Yeah. Uh, the last, uh, film you watched and didn't fall asleep during? Guardians of the Galaxy. So good. So, well, how could you? Really loved it. So I saw it twice. Yeah. Fucking love that movie. It's yeah. really And good. I hate going to the movies these days. I hate paying that much money for movies. I would go see that again. Yeah, it's well worth it. Yeah. Um, the uh, for the age that you first smoked uh, either a cigarette or weed. Um, I first smoked a. S- oh, jeez! I first smoked both of those like second semester of my freshman year of college. College. Yeah, I had yeah. had like a drink or two before that. I had gotten drunk a couple times first semester, mm-hmm. um, and I didn't really drink or anything in high school. I had like a, a beer or two by the yeah. end of senior year. Um, but yeah, the first time I spoke pot, it was like a February long weekend, and everybody, most people had gone home. Uh-huh. I was really bored, and somebody invited, and my friend Adam invited me upstairs and like handed me a, a bubbler he'd made out of a Sprite bottle. Great. And we ordered wings, mm-hmm. and we smoked, and then we put on Aqua Teen Hunger Force. And I fucking forgot that we'd ordered food, nice. and then the food showed up. <laughs> and like they tell you, you don't get high your first time. Yeah, you, you do. You do. Um, you just don't really know how to contextualize it. Right. So as soon as the food showed up, I was just like, "Oh, I'm on drugs." Nice. Uh, and then I think shortly after that, I, I I like tried a cigarette or two at a party, but it never went beyond you know like smoking cloves or anything yeah. for for a while. I spent about two years smoking cigarettes, and then I quit for a while, and then I spent about another two years smoking cigarettes, and they were. Uh, it was a very bad choice. Yeah, it's yeah. a love hate relationship. Yeah, I mean it's it's I like yeah yeah. Um, let's see. Uh, if you could give yourself a superhero name, what would you, what would it be? Um, man, fuck, that's a hard question. Mm. Yeah, might have to edit down this lightning round. I know, right? It's all right. It, it's unpredictable. Uh. D- uh <laughs> Maybe let's go superpower. The Crones Crusader. The Crones Crusader. Yeah, I, I feel like that's fighting too. for crones across the galaxy. No, fighting against the forces. Well, of crones. forces. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. <laughs> we don't want people to have Crohn's disease. No. No. Uh, all right. So that's, um, that's out of context. I have Crohn's disease. Yeah. Um, so you I, fight against it. Uh, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So. Uh, what do you? What show are you digging right now? On on TV, TV, Netflix, Hulu, um, whatever. I, I've really been I've been rewatching that Mitchell and Webb look, mm-hmm. uh, and uh, I have been marveling at its pace and its ability to call back characters without running them into the ground like certain other sketch comedy shows that are on TV right now. Nice. Um, and. I'm really excited for Rick and Morty to come back. I've been I've been watching this show called Running Wild with Bear Grylls. Oh wow! Uh, and it's it's hilarious. It's Bear Grylls takes uh, like takes the best celebrity he can get out into the wilderness for two days and takes them totally out of their element. <laughs> and so the like I think the first episode was Zac Efron Woo! and like he got Ben Stiller. 
and he got Channing Tatum, and Channing Tatum was pretty good at it, and they slept on the side of a mountain, but mm-hmm. then he sort of had to take a step back, and he got, like, like Deion Sanders. Wow. I think is the latest one. Neon Deion. Yeah, I mean, it's 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 hysterical. Sweet. Big fan. Nice. Uh, if you could go back and live during any moment of history, when would it be? Mm. Oh, man. Back and live during any moment of history. Uh... Bar- barring the medical consequences of this decision, I'd, I'd want to say like uh, post-Roman, pre-Saxon Britain. Nice. I know that's like a really nerdy specific answer. That's no, great. Um, I love history. But, and like, and I'm not, I have no Celtic heritage in me at all. Uh-huh. Um, but I'm just fascinated by that period and by the literature around it. Sweet. I love that. So. Yeah, that's great. Yeah. Um, bash some Vikings in with a sword and or get my head split with an axe. Yeah. Be the most likely outcome of that. Sort of in addition to that, what is your favorite medieval weapon? Ooh. Uh, ooh. Uh, fuck. <laughs> uh, probably a... Um, probably just a real good, like, hand-and-a-half sword. Mm-hmm. Really like those. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. Nothing fancy. Sure. Just something you, that uh, you can utilize to kill people with. That's it. That's all you need. Yeah. You know, yeah. Sure. I'm all, I, but you know, I mean, of course, I'm like, uh, I'm very impressed by the English longbow. We were talking about physics and how uh-huh. physics can be magical. True. The English longbow, I think, is a great example of that. It's, mm-hmm. it's taller than a man in many cases. Yeah. And can uh, can shoot an arrow. What like. Oh, Half a mile hundreds, or something yeah, yeah, like hundreds that. Hundreds of yards, I know um, for sure. It's crazy. It's amazing. Yeah. Uh, stickers or buttons? Uh, buttons. Buttons. Um, the one time you can think of that you uh, <laughs> that you almost shit your pants. I don't, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I've grown so like a week ago. <laughs> <laughs> These things happen. You people. develop control over it. I didn't say I did shit my pants. No, that's, yeah, that's the point. Well, like I had to get up and yeah. go to the bathroom. Oof, that was rough. That was, yeah. that was close. Uh, yeah, close calls are not fun. Uh, and uh, the one video game that will always forever be like the video game for you. Uh, oh, that's okay. So there are two. That's mm-hmm. uh, the Legend of Zelda: Ocarina of Time. Yes. And Final Fantasy VII. Nice. So good. All right, end of lightning round. Good job. Yeah, that was it. It was great. It doesn't matter how long lightning round takes. It takes however long it wants to take. It was electrified. Let's go. Good. All right. Uh, so yeah, let's uh, let's jump into post college and get more into uh, where you're at today. Okay. Um, so uh, after I graduated, I spent a year teaching mm-hmm. up in that area. I spent uh, I spent a year teaching uh, students with cognitive disabilities and emotional behavioral issues mm-hmm. and um, very noble I mean yeah, yes and no like I, I had decided that I wanted to teach and I decided that one of the best ways I would be able to get a job was if I worked with special needs students mm-hmm. and I was I was really interested in it I took a class or two about it and I decided uh, and, and when I graduated college I just uh, uh, the Affordable Care Act hadn't passed yet uh-huh. so I couldn't stay on my parents health insurance and I needed health insurance yeah. immediately. So I graduated on Saturday of Memorial Weekend. I, I went to work on Tuesday full time. Oh, wow. Um, and I started out teaching summer school. Um, I, I, I got a job as a paraprofessional. Mm-hmm. And I thought this was like, you know, this is what I was going to do while I worked towards getting my licensure and, and you know, figure out what I want to do next. Sure. And get some good experience. And it was it was phenomenal. It was a great... It was, the most incredible team of people I've ever worked with, um, and I w- I got my own classroom after a while. It was really cool. There were a lot of like really just special moments uh, at that school. Excellent. Um, and after about a year and a half of doing that, I decided I wanted to move to New York mm-hmm. because I uh, like all my friends had left, had moved to Boston or Chicago or New York, uh. and. Uh, and I kind of, you know, and, and I kind of wanted to, you know, maybe maybe move to a place where I was able to do a little more. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, I wasn't able to save any money. It was a wonderful job, but it didn't pay anything. Sure. And um, I started looking for jobs in New York, and I, that that year, this was like 2009, there were something like, like almost 200,000 licensed teachers who were out of work. Whoa. In, just in southern 
New York. Sure, yeah, yeah. That year, I think that year, Teach for America placed less than half of its people. Wow. And they usually have a placement rate in the high 90th percentile. Mm-hmm. So it was just it was a really bad year for education. Yeah. Um, so what I managed to do, what, so what I decided to do instead was like look around to the larger institutions in New York, look around at a, like an office job at a college or a university. Mm-hmm. And so that's where I ended up. So I work uh, for one of the deans for Cornell Medical College. Oh, sweet. Which is on the Upper East Side. Yeah. And, um, I do paperwork, and it pays me enough so that I can live here and do improv, and yeah, um, yeah start out living in Manhattan. Great. And uh, when I moved here, after a little while, I managed to save up enough money to take 101 at UCB. Mm-hmm. When was this? This was the, this was the fall of 2009, or, or I guess the beginning of 2010. Mm-hmm. Like I, lived at, I lived at home for a couple months when I first moved here. And I couldn't handle it. Uh, there was no way to like do the commute and have a social life at the sure. same time. And um, my parents were driving me nuts. And so I said, fuck it, I'm moving to Queens. Yeah. And I didn't find an apartment in Queens. I found an apartment in Manhattan. And um, thought I was like sitting pretty. Um, yeah. So that was, that, was, that was fun to get out of that house. But so I guess mm-hmm. a couple months after that, I signed up for 101. Sweet. Uh, with Betsy Stover, mm, Betsy, and it was it was great. Um, she she did a fantastic job with a class that was at very mixed levels starting out, and there were some people in that class who just like really came very far uh, and and have um, you know have done some fun some fun things. I'm trying to recall like in particular anybody who's like still improvising. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, but so we we started a we, we started a practice group because I was really bored mm-hmm. with just with just doing improv once a week, and like, yeah. I knew I didn't have enough money to take two hundred one right away, so I wanted to, um, you know, get this this group of this ragtag group of people together into a room, and, right. and so we started doing something called Aztec Soccer Team, mm-hmm. which is the longest running worst improv team I've ever been a part of. <laughs> Um, and uh, Andy Rocco was our coach for uh-huh. for the vast majority of the time that we were there. That we were a group. We uh, we would do a couple shows a month at the Creek, and every once in a while, somebody would be guilted into having us on the Triple Crown. And thankfully, it never went further than that. Yeah. Um, but it was good to it was good to be rehearsing. Definitely. Um, and then I uh, signed up for. 201 with Ben Rogers about a year later, mm-hmm. I think. And it was like one of Ben's last classes before he moved to LA. And that class, there were some great people in who were still doing stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, David Ebert was in that class. Yeah. Um, and Gabe Lax. Um, it's a fantastic director if you ever uh, you know, need a DP. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, Andre Lupoli was in that class. Some some pretty fun people, and but also like awesome. half of that class was was also awful. Yeah, it was just like people who had gotten the thing, like gotten improv classes as a gift, and they didn't really give a shit about it. Sure. Um, but so during that class, I was doing shows with Aztec soccer team, and um, my friend John Manji, who I'm sure you know is like ever present in the New York improv scene, was mm-hmm. doing shows with a, a team called Daniel No. Uh, and, and Daniel No, I think Daniel No's most defining characteristic was that they were uh, they were known for like slow fades from the tech booth while somebody did real did something like really unsettling, uh, and, like really sexual. Yeah, um, and it was always like John trying to kind of hold it together and, <laughs> and like ma- have it make a little sense. And um, one, I remember one day we were just we got we were in the basement of the Creek having a drink after one of those shows. Uh, me and Lisa Herring, and who was on Aztec soccer team with me at the time, and John and Dave Ebert, and uh, we all decided we were really bored with what we were doing and, and really fucking tired of it, mm-hmm. of doing these kinds of shows, yeah. and doing rehearsals that we weren't having a whole lot of fun being in, mm-hmm. and we all, and so the four of us decided to start doing shows as steak. Uh, and we had a we had a really fun run for a while. We still do sh- shows every once in a while. Um, Steak has never rehearsed. <laughs> Just pure talent, baby. 
<laughs> that's, that's a very nice thing to say. I, I think our, our like uh, our warm up before every show consists of sitting in the back while the first couple of teams are going or before the show starts and just kind of giving each other uh, looks and like mining creative ways of jerking each other off. Yeah. Um, and, and that's what all good improv teams do. And instead of saying I got your back, we say I got your dick. Yeah. Um, you know, sometimes I'll go fishing for John's dick, or you know, Lisa will go take my dick for a car ride. <laughs> you know, just like whatever strikes your fancy. Sure, that's the extent of our practicing. Yeah, um, and then we just get up on stage and we do really weird shit. That's fun. Um, I <laughs> we uh, once received the suggestion of Harold. And we got, I think, about halfway into the first beat, and then it totally disintegrated. Uh, <laughs> I was like, yeah, whatever. Yeah, yeah. we're just gonna do what we, we want. Gonna fucking um, do what we want. Yeah. yeah, and so we've just done some of. We've we've ended up doing some real train wrecks, but we've also ended up doing some very, uh, what are in retrospect some like very, uh, <laughs> like kind of high concept but meta, but still very funny shows. Yeah. Um, and it was very refreshing for all of us nice. to kind of be able to do that and have it have it be a low pressure thing. Mm-hmm. There was there was a point where we were doing two three shows a week for a couple months. Nice, and just really really enjoying that ride. That's good. That's just a, that's. I mean, that's good. Not say practice too, but like mm-hmm. repetition. You're doing scenes. You're doing work. You're working with the same people. Mm-hmm. That's great. You well, know? I think also in a sense, a lot of the best improv comes out of people who uh, know each other very well, mm-hmm. trying. To fuck with each other. Yeah. Like, a lot of the most fun sets I've been in have just been uh, just really eloquent exercises in fuckery. Nice. Um, I, I remember doing a show in college once uh, with my friend Brennan Clark, who's uh, an improviser at Improv Boston right now, um, and who's, who's fabulous. I love him very much. Mm-hmm. He's one of the smartest people I've ever played with. And he was we were, he, we were directors for, at the same time for a while. I was directing the long form group. He was directing the short form group at UMass. And we 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 were going to do a two person set at this um, sort of fundraising thing we, we had put together. And we asked the audience for a restriction to be placed on Brennan. We just decided we wanted you know to, to that, that was what we wanted. Yeah, because yeah. it was fucking twelve hours into the improvathon. Yeah, and we were tired of asking for what your favorite place to take a shit is. Sure, and. Um, we only have so many places. <laughs> yeah, I know. Like, uh, bathroom, sink, uh, kitchen sink. Yeah. Like, you know, where else do you shit? Right. Um, so we received a suggestion that that Brennan would have to speak in, like, in German for the entire set. But Brennan doesn't know German. I, I mean, I certainly don't know German. So <laughs> Brennan was speaking in, like, German-sounding gibberish right. for a 20-minute improv set where we were trapped in a bomb shelter and I remember getting done with the set and talking to him afterwards and just being like and just realizing that we we, we like really understood about 75% of what he was saying mm-hmm. and didn't need it to be in English and it was That's just great. like the coolest feeling yeah. uh, to be able to to throw the rules out the window in that way and mm-hmm. still be so in tune with each other yep. that you can make something fun happen yeah I love that That's a, I love the way that improv works that way it's mm-hmm. like some sort of weird deep magic that we don't truly understand yep. but we just like if you feel it you know it and that, and that was very much what we were kind of going for with Steak was that same sort of just weird magic mm-hmm. uh, we, we did a show it was a a curtains show at the Players Theater where um, so D- Dave came out to get the suggestion and he uh, I guess he came out kind of Kind of brash and confident, like, "Hey, what's up? Let's all right. Let's fucking we're gonna do this." And uh, and for whatever, and he he like flubbed something, and so I think it was Lisa came out and confronted him. And was just like, you know, what the fuck are you doing, Dave? Yeah. Come on, just like let's let's we got to get it together. Let's do this right, huh? And that just sort of set the tone for the rest of the thing. So we ended up the, the rhythm of the set ended up going like somebody somebody would come out and get. A suggestion, and the suggestion was always Alan Sturzinski yelling pizza, <laughs> um, which was perfect. Thing, yeah, which was perfect. Um, and then we would go back and we would do a scene um, that was like 
really on the nose about with pizza, mm-hmm. and then Dave would come out and just be like, "No, you know what? This is how we're gonna we're gonna do this right." You know, just like kind of really getting on each other, and then it and then by the end of the set, it worked itself around to. Uh, Dave had like a real cocaine habit He was bringing down this regional improv theater That we were all a part of And it all just kind of You know coalesced and felt really fun Yeah um, And uh, so that oh, we, we still like to perform together We don't get to quite as often as yeah. much As people grow up and things change And people's yeah. careers Dave's change Dave's the Bud Light Lime Marita guy He's a married man so now So crazy but such a great you know, guy it's, Super stuff. Yeah. Well, sir, we are almost out of time. So I know, right? Doesn't seem like it goes that long, but it does. I talk a lot, right? Yeah, I know. What? What? How do I talk this much? Uh, The last little bit of what I like to do is flip the script on people and have them ask me a question or maybe two. Okay. Uh, So if you've got any questions or anything for me, shoot. Um. What's one thing that that you know that you like really? Are convinced you can't leave New York without doing? Uh, that is a great question. I don't know. I, I, you know, if I had to move, I would say a, a stage play or mm-hmm. something theatrical of that nature. I've been doing a lot of like, well, I mean, improv is, but I'm saying like scripted, um, mm-hmm. like something that would actually be, you know, a, a semi okay attended piece or whatever, off Broadway right. maybe even. Um, but I got to get into gear for that because I haven't done stage stuff in so long. And the last time I did a stage production, I just like refell in love with it again. Mm-hmm. So I've been doing a lot of like improv. I love it's like my number one. And then like TV and movies, I've been kind of working with you know some of that stuff. But like I don't know, there's something about the stage that's just like calls to commanding. You. Yeah, yeah, calls to you. It's really good. So cool. I would say at some point, if I ever had to leave New York for some any given reason, uh, I would love to be in a stage production. Nice. Yeah. I, well, and we're also we're also neighbors here in Astoria. So yeah, yeah, we're, we're close. We could we could do a whole separate podcast about what there is to eat within five blocks of your apartment, and people so, would love that because yeah. they because they were I don't know. So <laughs> food, everybody loves when people talk about food. You ever know, like seriously, we yelp. And we haven't talked about food at all thing. during this podcast. I know, like, it's that's, surprising. That's my other passion. That's yeah, like what I do when I'm not thinking about comedy. Pretty much food. So. Like I, uh, yeah, I love to cook and eat and cook and eat. Like that's that's pretty much it. So Absolutely. yeah, I know. When it, I'm going to branch out of my podcasting with people and just be like, we'll do like this segment here <laughs> and this segment here and be fun. So, yeah, totally. Yeah. Uh, well, so I'm also I also just started rehearsing with this with this round of Supernova. Yeah. I'm on a team called Gonzo, and yeah. we're going to start doing shows in October. So totally. uh, those are going to be Sundays at six at Brit Pack. Totally, yeah. It'd be awesome to see you viewers there. And yeah, I'm also uh, at Indie Cage Match every week. So if yeah. you ever want to come say hi and shake my hand or uh, you know talk to me about things that I may or may not have seen in a figure skating locker room, just like you know, that's where I'll be. Yeah, seven p.m. Saturdays, Indie Cage Match, UCB right. East. That's great. Yeah, I'll be there too. So so awesome. Uh, thank you so much, Evan. Hey, it's been wonderful. Uh, thank you guys as always. Uh, subscribe, YouTube, uh, go to z-prop.com. Uh, you know, you can like throw money my way if you want to, but you don't have to because like I don't know what I would do with it anyway. Like, you know, it's just whatever. Like, he's always gonna throw I got money! It's so nice! I need that receipt. Thanks to Dale Maxfield, my tech guy is always you're amazing, and uh, everybody else. Thank you. Bye, guys. Sweet. Oh my gosh, you threw it all. I'm gonna. I'm <laughs> I could get just the money out of my pocket. Yeah, <laughs> <That's> awesome. <laughs> Sweet.